This week, we get handy with Mandy. We get buried in some news about Pet Cemetery, and Walking Dead is, well, it's still dead walking. Finally, for our main event, we continue our month-long Halloween celebration with Trick or Treat. So make sure you check your candy, carve yourself a jack-o'-lantern out of the head of that fat kid from Bad Santa, and don't get eaten by Little Red Riding Hood. It's time for a new episode of Terror in Potnita. Listen to them, children of the night. What music they make. Welcome, everybody, to an extra spooky episode of Terran Podnito. The episode see, of darkness. You see, we're all working off battery power right now. <laughs> uh, we are in the midst of a tornado hurricane. Her, hurinado, a tornado cane. The second uh, one in like a cane. month. Yeah. A tornado. A tornado. <laughs> we're in the midst of stuff. And, uh, well, we can't miss episodes. We nope. can't. We just won't do it. We risk life and limb to bring you all the content that you desire our dedication and, to the and fans battery is. power yeah that's probably the most fearful yes <laughs> these days life and limb are pointless yeah. battery Batteries. power though <laughs> that, that's where people start to freak out so we're gonna see how long we can make it mm-hmm. this week i don't know if we're gonna be able to give you the full length but the girth will certainly be there how y'all doing how's the, how's the week been for you guys that's good. I'm just happy that my phone charges, or my uh, car charges my phone without it being on the car. Mine does, too. So that's nice. Yeah. But I'd have to go outside through the torrential fucking downpour to plug mine in. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's Sam, all I care about. <laughs> Sam dragged us to go see a film. I didn't drag anybody. You guys went on your own volition. We no, were, I, was, I was excited about it. We were dragged to go see a film. Nicholas Cage does not drag anyone to hell. <laughs> You're right. We uh we all collectively went to go see Mandy. And uh Sam, you walked away pretty excited for this one. I I noticed the 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 fierce boner that you had upon exiting the theater was bigger than the one I walked in with. Yes. Yes. I think I think it's fair to say that your expectations were met. Uh yes. so tell us your thoughts, sir. The movie, As the resident Nick Cage fan. The movie is a a visceral and unrelenting assault on the senses. I will agree with that. Did we say what movie we went to go see? Yes, Mandy. Man. It was Mandy. Yes. Did we not say that? I before? don't think so. Oh God. Yeah, we did. <laughs> what have oh, I done? Okay. Are you sure that I dragged you guys to see Mandy? I don't. Yeah, I we did, said it like yes. seven times. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Alex is just. I'm just here. Dropping Alex ball. is still overwhelmed by the tour de force that was Nicolas Cage and Mandy. <laughs> I feel like I got a legitimate contact high <laughs> watching that movie. So, yeah. Um, for anybody who hasn't seen the movie yet, if you find it in a theater near you, don't do yourself a disservice by avoiding it. Go embrace it in the absolute balls-out lunacy that this movie is. Yes. Uh, it deserves to be seen in large format. Absolutely. With the sound, too. Yeah. Um have you guys ever seen a movie that was simultaneously exactly what you were expecting and not at all what you were expecting? I mean... I would say that that pretty much describes <laughs> my experience with this film. Yeah. Like, <laughs> any, anything that I thought I was going to get when, like from the trailers and the interviews and everything about this movie is what I got. And then so much more. And yeah, the next day when I woke up, it was legitimately the first thing I w- thought about. Yeah, you sorry did, to you my did, wife. You did text that to us yeah. when uh, 
when you when you I guess the day after we saw it. So I I don't know I don't know that that this had such a poignant impact on me. I thought it was beautiful. Uh, I thought I thought it was one of the better Nicolas Cage performances that I've seen in a long time. But it also has to do with the fact that he really didn't say much of anything. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that was the caveat uh, that I had kind of said to you guys because um, we talked about it before. How originally Nicolas Cage was supposed to be the bad guy and vice versa um, when they first went in for casting. And I think that would have been a horrible, horrible mistake. And I think they did a great job recasting that. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think part of Nicolas Cage's strength in this was giving him the ability to freak out and Mm -hmm. drink a bottle of vodka. That was such an amazing scene. Um, He he didn't have to talk a lot. Nope. He He didn't. He just rampaged. He didn't. But we missed out on being able to see Nicolas Cage fully nude. We could have seen Nicolas Cage. We could have called him Nicolas Cage. (laughs) (laughs) You've been sitting on that one since we saw this movie, haven't you? (laughs) I'm just saying we missed the opportunity for Nicolas Cage junk. Whatever, man. That face. Buffalo Bill scene was a f- mind fuck. Yeah. It, it, was, it was unbelievable. Yes. Um, the, the face melding, which... Oh, yeah. Was, oh, that scene was so... Unbelievable. That, I have to give that credit. Uh, so without going into too much spoiler territory, there's a scene where uh, they intentionally give one of the characters psychedelic drugs, and she's tripping, and one of the other characters is doing this long-ass monologue in slow motion and there's there's colors flashing and in there's spectrovision and there's mm. a point where like the one of the characters faces is he's looking directly at the camera his face is the primary part of the shot and then it just superimposes one of the other faces of another character on his face mm-hmm. while he's talking and it was so, and it goes back and forth like five times and it was Holy so fucking, seamless it was good that was really well done really well done i've never seen started, anything like that like, i started focusing on different parts of the face to figure out uh-huh. like who was talking yeah. yeah and the only thing that gave it away was uh his hair really no it's... it was the eyelid his eyelid oh yeah, yeah um was the only thing that really gave it away for me yeah hmm. uh and it was just it was one of the most creative scenes for that scene alone. I mean, I don't, I don't know how people aren't talking about that in terms of like cinematography and just the, 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 the art of editing. Um, that whole sequence made me feel really not sober. Yeah, it was very, I mean, the whole movie has a way of making you feel not sober. I mean, like you, you could go into that stone sober and walk out feeling like you just tripped balls for the last two hours. I absolutely felt like that. I was driving (laughs) home. and I was like, I feel like I'm high. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and, and in that regard, I have to, I have to give it credit. Um, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. I do want to touch very briefly though, before we jump into the head, the headlines for this week. Uh, when we walked out, we one of the questions that we had was, were the bikers in the movie? So there's uh, there's a biker gang that is kind of responsible for kicking everything off. Right. Uh, and the question that we all had was, were they human or were mm-hmm. they actually demons? Mm-hmm. And when I walked out of the theater, at first I thought they were humans that were dressed up in, you know, just a shitload of fetish gear. Um, but the more I thought about it, I thought they were demons. Uh, what do you guys think? Because I told you that I thought they were demons after the fact. Right, so I feel like after the movie, I was confused. Yeah. Um, I thought that they were... Originally, I thought they were human. And then watching the movie, I thought that they were demons. But then we had kind of discussed, and the general consensus seemed to be that they were humans, which I guess that's what I left the movie thinking. Mm. Which I think it makes it a little bit more fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were humans. I think they tried to kind of ground everything in... 
in this like i think part of the magic of this movie and one of the areas that it succeeds the most is is like managing to take a real world and make it feel like an epic fantasy but like not just any fantasy like an 80s like dark fantasy like it really just embodied the total essence of something like that and i i just don't think that uh there's explanations for this you know these guys as to like why they're or what what happened to them I think they're. I just. I think they're humans. I don't know. There's. Uh. The, the, they. They. They inserted too much explanation, and there's. But stuff that's happening that's going on throughout the course of the film that just makes me believe that they're they're human. There wasn't a lot of explanation for them though. There no. was. I mean, they just. All, what else do you want? There wasn't a whole lot of dialogue. Period in the movie. Some guy just created a batch of acid that made a whole bunch of go people go crazy and want more pain in their life. Like it's it's pretty clearly explained because they wronged him. And the the only explanation we get was this one random guy living in a trailer who's been holding on to a crossbow for <laughs> Nicolas Cage for who knows how long. Right. Yeah. Um. But I think part of the reason that they're kind of framed as demons, um, there's a shot of them at a certain point. I think it, I think it was in the promo materials too. But where there's the four of them in line on their motorcycles in this like stark red background, mm-hmm. um, and I think they're they're framed to be like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's definitely some. some and then they're summoned by. Uh, what they called the Horn of Abraxas, which is what the the main villain had, um, which ties apparently ties back into like ancient Greek uh, language and ancient Greek or ancient Egyptian culture, uh, and it's really bizarre and crazy. But couldn't that also? It was also just a very noisy instrument. Yeah, could they not have just? They're clearly nearby. Could they not have just heard that? Yeah, because Cage didn't have to travel very far to get to him. It's possible that they're just, like, nearby. He just had to go north. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, that was to go to the compound. Yeah. He had to go to some trailer Yeah. to find them. But I, yeah, That's where I mean, demons live. I was under the impression that it Doing was... Doing enormous amounts of coke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The coke demons. <laughs> like, I feel like you could hear that. Maybe. Probably. I don't know. I haven't seen anything officially come from uh either nicholas cage or panis cosmatos i don't really think that it necessarily matters though really i don't think it does i think it's an interesting thing to kind of delve into yeah i I think it ties into the idea of um jeremiah right right I i think it ties into jeremiah's idea that he has these special abilities that he speaks to a higher power of some sort mm-hmm. and has the ability to summon these four horses. I just thought that was because he was just delusional. Yeah. They also have that crazy weird spear sword thing. I kind of got the impression that this did not actually take place on Earth as we know it. It's so, a very kind of like... It's like a version of a it. A version of Earth. But. So there's a uh, conspiracy theory going around Reddit about that uh-huh. um, that says... Uh, based on uh, Panos' last movie, Beyond the Black Rainbow, mm-hmm. that there's a Lovecraftian bent to this movie where this movie actually simultaneously takes place on Earth and in an alternate dimension um, based on the drug use. Okay. And as soon as uh, Mandy has the LSD dropped in her eyes okay, is where that kind of um, split happens. Uh-huh. And the demons aren't summoned until after that. Um, and the the explanation for why this kind of takes place in two simultaneous realities is because you don't 
actually see whether or not Nicolas Cage's character gets dosed with LSD. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's safe to assume. It, it's possibly safe to assume that he is. So are you saying that this is just a revenge movie from the perspective of a man who's tripping on acid? <laughs> yes. There's another theory that says uh, that this movie was a uh, drug-induced fever dream. And another theory that says this film was actually the contents of the book that Mandy was reading. Oh. I definitely think there are supposed to be some sort of parallels to the con. Like, there, there's no way that he... Because, there, like I said, there's such few lines of spoken dialogue mm-hmm. for a majority of these characters... I feel like they wouldn't have incorporated such a long scene of Mandy reading that there's book if there isn't them. supposed to be some sort. Well, yeah, there because there's the one where the old lady asks her what she's reading, right? And then there's the one of her like actually reading the page out loud, right? And I, I just, I they couldn't. He wouldn't have put that in the film if it didn't have some sort of context to yeah. everything else. So yeah, I definitely think that's the basis for whatever fantasy exploration that they're going on um i don't know i'm still i'm still like lost in thought about this movie if i'm completely honest I think uh, I I to, i've got to see it again uh in order to really make my mind up about it i walked out like i re- i enjoyed it i thought when it was i i had issues with the pacing i guess is is ultimately like there were too, there was too much slow-mo stuff some of it came across like it was like kind of like a like an art like like a a student that just got out of <laughs> out of film school that was like look at all the slow mo effects that I can get away yeah. with and like I I while I appreciated the beauty of a lot of the shots that he was doing because he really does have a fan- fantastic eye for shots mm-hmm. I just uh, I don't know how drawn out he needed to make some of those scenes because he intentionally slows it all down uh, and some of the scenes last a lot of the movie yeah some of the scenes last a lot longer than you would think they would um well it was a relatively long movie also. A well long, that's what i'm saying is yeah. if you put it at yeah. normal speed that movie would have been an hour and a half and it was two and a half hours long yes i relished because in it the, was like right. extended see i relished out. in that and there there okay. were certain yeah. like the movie felt like a whole bunch of different homages to different movies like there there were definitely a lot of parts where i felt uh Kind of like I was watching a recut of like heavy metal. Yeah, I haven't seen heavy metal since I was like in high school, though. It's been a long time. Okay. A long time since I've seen heavy metal. Um, and honestly, I don't remember too much about it. I think it was pretty inebriated when I saw <laughs> it. That's fair. So, do you think it's better to be messed up or high or whatever? watching this movie or do you think it's better to go into it sober <laughs> see i don't know because i feel like either way you're gonna walk out not knowing what the hell you just experienced yeah you're definitely gonna have some sort of different experience i would like to go into this spot like it. with like two or three hits of acid and see how yeah, it goes. yeah. <laughs> like i went into this stone sober or maybe some mushrooms or something yeah and I, well, I, yeah i went in stone sober and i came out really just upside down is almost the right word for it like there there's oh, i think that's an apt description yeah yeah uh like I the, feel that. The, between the soundtrack and the cinematography and the like these long drawn out cuts like even the the opening sequence where it's that vertical shot over the trees mm-hmm. that just goes on forever as they're doing the opening credits is like really disorienting mm-hmm. um that's probably the best word for this movie it's really disorienting that's fair um I actually I would agree with you. That's actually a pretty good. That's a pretty good word for it. And I think it's intentionally done so. And back to back to what you were saying about the drugs, Alex. I feel like if you went into this, I feel like this would be one of those films 
where you could watch it on mm-hmm. different drugs and get a different experience. Yeah. yeah. Like Sam's favorite movie is one through five. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on what drug you My favorite on. movie sober. My favorite movie on acid. Yeah. My favorite movie high as balls. Yeah. My favorite movie drunk. Yeah. Uh, Probably just, my least favorite movie if I'm on heroin. <laughs> I feel like you're not really watching any I movies. Exactly. Um, I feel like you're just kind of dozed out and drooling if you're on heroin. Yeah, um, then you're just paying 20, like $12 to go sleep in the movie theater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no sleeping through this movie. This movie was loud as fuck. I didn't really have an issue with the volume. The bass. There was really like... Just because of the, the like, reverberating the, yeah. bass. The, the soundtrack was super loud. I don't think you realize how loud it was until you get out of the movie theater. Yeah. You're like, wow, my eardrums are like still... <laughs> That's what, like, it's just a relentless assault on the scent. Like literally everything that you could think of being a part of experiencing a movie, uh, like you felt the, you felt the bass, the, the sounds were all over the place. Visually it was all over the place. Um, I'm just super happy that we got to see this in theaters. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we'll probably have to dedicate a whole episode to this at some point or another, cause there's a lot to unpackage. Yeah. Um, but if you have the opportunity to see it in theaters, I think collectively we can all agree that that you should yes. experience it in theaters yes. if you're going to if you're going to jump into it. Um, what do you guys say to tackling some horror headlines? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, what do we got on the list this week? Uh, well, we got a bunch of pet cemetery news, so why don't we start with? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we got two posters, some teasers about a character in particular, Zelda, mm-hmm. and uh, a trailer for the upcoming pet cemetery remake. Uh, it's being headed by Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmer, and. Uh, what, I'm going to butcher this last name. God, I feel like every week I have a, a last name that I am just going to just mercilessly slaughter. David Kajganich. It wasn't so bad. Look at me. I did That's it. how I would have said it. Um, I believe you're 110% correct. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not like... What, 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 Linviquist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but first things first, we uh, should probably tackle the trailer first. I yeah, think. let's talk about the trailer. Uh, it's runtime in just under two minutes. And we got to see a lot about the direction of this. Uh, it's focusing on a much more modern retelling of the tale. Um, seems to focus a lot more on the family dynamics, too. I noticed a lot more scenes where, like, they're all sitting down to dinner. Uh-huh. Like, they all seem to be kind of interacting with each other. Whereas, like, I went back and watched the original Pet Cemetery trailer. And really, the only, like, family interaction you get is, like, the two trailers are similar in the sense that, that the first few scenes are, like, them showing them moving into the house the truck. They're a happy family, and then the truck. Yeah. And then the rest of it kind of just is about the pet cemetery and spooky, scary images, right? Uh-huh. Whereas this one kind of focused on on family dynamics. We got to see a lot of the interactions with their kids. Um, and 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 there were hints of other things going on in the background. Yeah. Uh, so we got a glimpse of the new reimagining of the pet cemetery itself. Uh-huh. Uh, we saw the sign for the pet cemetery. Um how did you guys feel about about the trailer? So I love seeing John Lithgow. Yeah, I, th- I think he looks that, like he's going to be really good in this. Yeah, and I just like his voice was perfect, his presence was perfect, and that was really for me one of the best parts. Um, and this is going to be a stupid question. I feel kind of ridiculous asking it, but in the original Pet Cemetery, there was just one kid, right? Uh, no, there there were 
a couple, but like they're they're but the I problem know. with the original Pet Cemetery is that they're not portrayed as children. Like Zelda, no, I mean, the, in the family, it was just the one son, right? No, I'm pretty sure there were others, weren't there? I, I just know, it's been such a long time. Since I think it movies. was just the son, and then That's when possible, he got yeah, hit by so. the truck. Because there's a daughter and a son. I had a hard time picking out who I think is going to get run over by the truck. Oh, it's got to be still the, the little son. boy, right? It's yeah, be, right. Like, I don't. I, I wouldn't. I feel like they wouldn't have pointed out the truck and then had like the scene of the kid, the little boy running around mm-hmm. the front yard. I also if it like, wasn't for that. You're right. This makes a good point. And I also really like the way we got a brief shot of the pet cemetery, and I like the way that it looked. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I think I. I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be interesting because there's a lot of people that really love the original that don't want anything to do with this remake but mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that really didn't like the original take on this and yeah, seem we to be really looking that. forward to to this version of the film to i see cannot if they can do i don't it understand why people wouldn't like the original what about it just do people not like i don't well i it, it was critically just, panned when it came in out in comparison to the actual is it to the source p- material I guess so. Yeah. Well, I mean, the movie itself was just critically panned when it came out. Like, a lot of people really didn't like it. it was, yeah. We talked about it earlier. I mean, it doesn't have a good Rotten Tomatoes score. It's Metacritic is sitting at, like, 34%. That's insane. Uh, I think that was, like, a legitimately creepy movie. Yeah. No, I mean, I actually saw a few people um, tweeting about it. Some of the guys from Bloody Disgusting had started up a poll on Twitter about mm-hmm. whether or not people liked the movie. And it seemed to be kind of, like, 50-50. There were a what? lot of people. Yeah, there were a lot of people that were like, eh. And there were a lot of people that were like, yeah, look, I really liked it. I Yeah, really liked like that movie. And I think I think it maybe it has to do with the fact that maybe the time period that you watched it. I feel like if you were more of an adult when that movie came out, maybe mm. you didn't necessarily like it as much. But if you grew up with the film, yeah, like that movie scared the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah, absolutely. And as a result, like it still kind of creeps me out to this day. Zelda mainly. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just we have that attachment to it. That, that it's just such a great concept too. Didn't. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, like you can't you can't fault the source material. It's definitely a great source material. I no, mean, uh, the book itself is fantastic. I don't know if you've ever read it or not, but it's it's really really good. It's one of his best. Okay. Um. So I don't know. I did like the new rendition of Church. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked really good. Um. I like that they kind of went. I I like that it wasn't just another like gray cat. You know, it was like more of like a that cat was dope looking. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Like it looked. It just the cat just looked badass. Like it's seen the some entire shit. fucking time. Yeah, that, that cat's seen some <laughs> shit. That cat has seen a lot of shit. Um, and yeah, like you said, uh, John Lithgow looks awesome. And I I like um, who Jason Clark. He looked like he was going to be pretty good in this. Is that who plays the dad? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm still skeptical about the fact that they'll somehow manage to make this as scary as the first one. But like I said, I don't know how much that has to do with the initial like bout of nostalgia I right. have as like a kid from watching this. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. We, I'm trying to remember what the hell. It's weird. We did we did an interview earlier today with with uh, uh, RVA uh, magazine, and I'm trying to remember what we discussed with her versus what we've already talked about on this cast. It's like a it's blending it together in my head. Uh, but yeah, I, it'll be interesting to get a male perspective on this film, considering that's like one of the go to films when people think of female mm-hmm. directors in horror. Um, the original Pet Cemetery, I yeah. mean. 
So it'll be interesting to see what what a male perspective brings to the table with with this retelling. Although it does seem like they're going to be, like you said, Alex, sticking to the source material much more closely. Um, speaking of source material, it looks like we got a bit of a teaser in the direction that uh, Widmer and company are going to be taking Zelda herself. Uh-huh. So in the original movie, the actor playing Zelda, one, is, is a male. Right. And two is in like... His twenties, uh, yeah, she's twenty one or twenty two, mm-hmm. um, and Zelda is supposed to be a young child, you know, like ten years old or right. so, um, eight. yeah, something like that. Uh, but Widmer said he plans on being more accurate to the book in the original movie. It's a twenty year old guy in drag playing it, and in the book, as you recall, it's a ten year old girl. Uh, you go, how do you top Zelda? It was big and scary and awesome, but if you think about the reality of the Zelda situation, what? What would that do to a family with her wasting away in this bedroom and the younger sister being frightened and her older sister's debilitating illness? That in itself is pretty scary. Mm-hmm. And I got to agree, that yeah. in itself is pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I wonder if he'll figure out a way to kind of play around with like the psychological perspective more of like a child having to deal with it than making Zelda herself the creepy part. Right. Um, and I get the feeling that might be more the direction that they're going in. I don't think there's any way you could top the Zelda scene. So I don't think have, so. You have to go about it a different, a different way. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I appreciate the fact that he's not trying to just like make Zelda scary again. He's yeah. trying to make the idea of what that family was going through, going through. scary absolutely uh, the other thing and we actually spent quite a bit of time talking about this throughout we did. the week we got two posters for the new Stephen or for the new pet cemetery uh and I gotta say, I thought both of them were pretty shitty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we yeah. had we had mixed reviews on who liked which one more. Right. So right. There, were, there was a U.S. one, mm-hmm. uh, which had somebody, I guess, walking towards. Yeah, it, I thought they were walking away. Walking yeah, so it's towards. somebody standing on top of a, a pile full of bones, essentially. Yeah, like, yeah, like with a shovel, dead animal bones, um, mm-hmm. and the tagline to the movie in big font, um, taking up most of the space. Um, and then the British poster, which was the cross that said "Pet Cemetery" across mm-hmm. it, and the tagline kind of in the bottom corner with all the like information about the movie, right? Yeah. Um, and then the the U.S. one was mostly black and white. The British one had a lot of blue hues to it. Yeah. Um, Alex, I think you liked. I liked the, the U.S. one, American one, better. Yeah, you kind of poo pooed the U.K. one. I did poo poo. A lot the of UK it had one. to do with the colors and the fonts. Yeah, not yeah. It was not exactly. I would. I'm, it's not that I wasn't a fan of the imagery. It was the blue tone. Mm-hmm. I don't, did not like, and then the justification all the way to what the did right. You say that it had its time, and now it's dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then you said, Sam, that the American the American one reminded like a me war poster. It, 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 it reminded me a lot, strangely, of like a military movie poster. Or also, I was thinking about it more today. Strangely, a sports movie poster. <laughs> okay. I could see that. Yeah, I could see. Where you got like the silhouette. Yeah, like the the silhouette of your champion or your hero. Uh, yeah. kind of off in the distance. It's black and white. You've got this big tagline in your face. Like if you replace the words for the tagline of this movie, like one yard to glory, and it could be a fucking, <laughs> it could be a military poster, make or it like a, a black and white field, or something. Yeah, like or like a sports poster. It, See, I, the blue hue didn't bother any of you guys, though, on the UK. Oh, my God. I feel like it see, was and, the uh, most overplayed color scheme, and it was so stylized. That's see, the I'm, thing. I'm I, so used to seeing blue with orange. Yeah. That, I, the blue with green, like, it's, that felt at least like a sort of 
different take on it. I th- I think for me, if you took out the shit in the bottom right corner that had the tagline and all the movie information from the UK poster, uh-huh. moved if, it to if, the middle. If you justified it, or if you centered it, or mm-hmm. shit, if you just got fucking rid of it, like if if the poster was literally just the wooden cross with Pet Cemetery like scratched into it, mm-hmm. that would have been awesome because I feel like. I, Almost everybody knows what this movie is. Everybody's right. heard of Pet Cemetery, whether or not they've seen it. I don't know if you really need to do much more else that uh, much more other than have your wooden cross with the well, name see, scratched into it. I thought I, that was really well done. I agree with you because, and when I was looking through movie posters, I saw the original shot, like without it's very green. There's it, no blue hue over it's it. It's just right? the normal, like they just took it with the DSLR camera, or whatever. Yeah. And that was, I think, that looked better. Yeah. Than this, like very fake, very faux horror, very like kind of overplayed dark blue mm-hmm. hue. Like I, that's the part for me that ruined it. It was not the subject matter. It was the way that the poster looked. Gotcha. Because I do like, I did like the cross, and I also hated the. Type I think of- interestingly, we were looking at this, and we were looking at all the new Suspiria posters at the same time. Yeah, there was poster overload this week, uh, and there were what five Suspiria posters five that we saw. Superiors. One of them yeah. was a, one of them was a fan one. No, there were five in total that were released that were official, but one of the ones that Alex submitted was a fan one, and that fan one blew me that away. Was the I hand, thought that right? fan one was really well done. Yeah, the fan the one hand was the fan. hand, yeah, with like a ballerina yeah. dancer as a finger. And so, like, good job to whoever did that. By the yeah, way, yeah, that was really well done. Even even going to the official ones, you had two of those like Art Deco style yeah. ones yeah. that very much fit kind of the brand of mm-hmm. what that movie is. It actually reminded me of like Aztec art. If you like ran Aztec art through yeah, an Art Deco like style, <laughs> yeah. like that's how that, that poster. And would then be. there were two kind of tying into the U.S. silhouette poster for uh, Pet Cemetery. There were two that were character posters. And I, had, I didn't like those two. You didn't yeah, like they're those? Boring. They're they're so yeah, boring. They were so boring. They were boring and played out, but I think they were better done as character posters because each one had a unique tagline to that character. That's true. And it was a flat background. Um, I think in comparison to what you see for a lot of movie posters that come out nowadays that have like your generic ensemble cast looking into the distance Mm -hmm. or your, your A-list actor who always shows the same side of his face in every poster. Um, I think those were decent. I think, I think the art deco posters were much better. And I think that fan poster was incredible. Right. Um, I didn't like any of them. You didn't like any of them. Yeah. I wasn't Mm -hmm. a huge fan of any of them myself either. Of I thought which ones of, the, of any of the superior ones or the, or the pet cemetery ones. I just wasn't a fan of any of these posters. <laughs> I thought you just said you liked the hand posters. I, yeah, I really liked that, but that wasn't like an official post. I'm sorry. I mean, I wasn't a fan of any of the official oh, posters gotcha, that were released gotcha. for this. Um, yeah, none of them did did anything for me personally. Like when I, I don't know. I part of the reason that that fan poster grabbed me so much is because like. You could be walking out of a movie theater or walking into a movie theater and see that poster. I feel like that would immediately grab your attention because it doesn't play off any of the current tropes that are happening. Mm-hmm. I think the Art Deco ones were fairly unique. They were. Yeah, I, I, I would but I also, admit. But I also have like a, a, a love for Art Deco stuff, so those might have just do. jumped out to me more. I will admit that they're, they are different, and I like the direction that they're going with it, but I just feel like it wasn't like enough. They were all. I I just want to mention that they were all black, white, and red. Like, yeah, the like, Suspiria ones. Yeah, like yeah. the best of the Pet Cemetery posters. Right. <laughs> None of them were blue. All right, all right. Well, 
Uh, that's the lowdown from our, our media moguls, our uh, graphical gurus, if you will. Um, either way, I'm I'm excited to see what else comes out of the the Pet Cemetery camp. When is we'll this supposed happens. to come out? April twentieth, April nineteenth, April fifth. Oh, is it April fifth? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. It got pushed okay. pushed forward. Um, so Very yeah, exciting. April 5th. Yeah, we'll see what happens with it. I, I mean, we'll be sure to keep you appraised of updated info as we get it. Uh, next up, this one's interesting. Uncorked is a Texas-based film distribution company, and they picked up Brazilian horror flick Our Evil. And before we tackle anything else, I think we need to drop the synopsis on our yes, listeners. Yes, it is so original. It's fucking weird. Set in the seedy underbelly of Sao, Sao Paulo, Brazil, an exorcist uh, uses a dark web uses the dark web to employ a serial killer to protect his daughter from demonic possession. Yes. What? This what? movie looks so fucked. But like what? With this, yeah. with like, the what? synopsis, what? So is the serial killer supposed to kill the demon? I think he's supposed to kill anything that might be possessing the demon or possessing people around his daughter. Okay. Like, because it looks like he's get, he's capturing whoever. Well, I don't know. Like, part of it looks like it's snuff film, and then part of it looks like an exorcist film. Uh huh. And and there's and, also the dark web. <laughs> yeah, and there's dark web elements to it. Apparently, though, from everything that I've gathered, because this has apparently been on this f- festival circuit for quite some time now. Okay. Uh, people that have seen it say that the the initial image that we saw that looks made it look more like a snuff movie mm-hmm. uh, doesn't actually like really do anything it's not like true to what the the full sense of the film is about right. yeah i saw that um and i don't know i mean i don't i really don't know what to expect from this uh it seems like it's like you said really unique it could be very it could be very fun it could be very interesting and we'll see what happens with it uh but I'm not sure like what to expect from it. It's definitely an interesting concept. It looks insanely violent. It does. It looks like it's going to be like a. But it looks There's like that... it's going to be more than just violence. Like yeah. more than just something gory. You know. Like I think it'll be very gory. It'll be very visceral. But at the same time, it looks like there's going to be more to it, more substance than just a gore movie. Yeah. And when I first was reading about it, I thought, oh, this is just going to be like a gorehound film, right? Like, and then I read the synopsis, and I was like, "Wait, what? The what? Fuck? <laughs> I had to read it a couple times. I was like, yeah. I'm sorry, what? I just yeah. want to know the background on why an exorcist understands how to, how the dark web functions. Well, he's not an exorcist. I think he's like a oh, I yeah, he's, no, an, he exorcist. An, exorcist. he's an exorcist. But he's also like a hitman, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The, the trailer left everything me he does super is to protect confused. his daughter. Yeah, it's very weird. But uncorked uh, plans for a theatrical release. For this in New York and L.A. Mm-hmm. with Dark Star Pictures, yep. and then yep. it's going to hit VOD after that. Yeah, nationwide cool. VOD after that. Uh, cool. There's no word on an exact release date, as far as I could tell, but we'll keep you posted but, as this draws nearer. But that's the the first of a couple South American horror flicks, genre flicks that we're going to mention tonight. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He, they really seem to be stepping up their game. And I, honestly, I think I think that particular part of the world that has a lot of really terrifying tales to tell. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's probably a good thing that there's stuff coming out of there. Next up, a couple stories coming out of the Walking Dead camp. Uh, first, there's some somber news. Uh, Scott Wilson, the actor that played Herschel, has passed away at the age of 76. His appearances also included Exorcist 3 uh, and Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Um, the news is even more saddening, saddening when you consider the fact that Angela Kang, the new showrunner for The Walking Dead, just recently announced that Scott, <laughs> Scott was going to yeah. be reprising his role as Herschel in the latest Wasn't season. it like an hour before the news of this broke? 
Was no, it like I think, same day? No, I think that they posted on Facebook an hour before news of his death broke. Right. Uh, that he had passed away. Right. Uh, and so uh, Walking Dead's official Twitter account stated the following. They said, we are deeply saddened to report that Scott Wilson, the incredible actor who played Herschel on The Walking Dead, has passed away at the age of 76. Our thoughts are with his family and friends. Rest in paradise, Scott. We love you. Um, yeah, rest in peace. Uh, I hope I hope everything goes well with your family and, and yeah. it's, it's really sad to know that we're going to watch the season and probably see him although we don't know if if these scenes have been shot yet we don't know if there's this part's been written in or where mm-hmm. he's supposed to fit into the context of this stuff so we'll see how they handle that um i sincerely hope that they didn't plan for like a long story arc or something and he's coming back after you know how they usually take that could, break halfway I, through the season personally i could have seen a long story arc with herschel especially with maggie leaving the show yeah yeah. Well, they take the break usually halfway through the season, right? Yeah, they do. Hopefully they didn't like plan on him being a part on of it afterwards and write something in the story that he's shot in for the first few episodes. For the first few and episodes, yeah. will be able to continue. Um, we'll see what happens with it. Um, but also, there's, there's more. Uh, ratings problems continue to plague The Walking Dead in Season 9. Its premiere pulled in approximately half of the viewership of Season 8. It's notable to point out that the premiere still drew in 6.1 million viewers, mm-hmm. making it still the most popular show on cable. Yep. Uh, but for seven straight years. Yeah. Yep. But it's, it's, it, considering the last season featured about 12 million, that's such a big drop. That's a huge drop. I think the official number was 11.4, but. So we yeah. had all talked about watching it. Right. I don't, I haven't, I haven't Did you watch it? it? No, I, I didn't watch it, it either. I don't uh, even know I that. I haven't watched it either yet. I, I do mean, plan on it. Yeah, I do. I've been busy watching it. movies for October. Also, I feel like football's on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I also think that it's notable to say that this is officially the lowest rating that the show has ever had. Even 2.5. 1849 yeah. demographic. Yeah. Um, even the first season. Yeah, even the first season. Uh, but it's it's interesting, though, that a 2.5 still makes it the number one show on cable. Well, it just kind of illustrates how poorly cable's doing in yes. general. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's just I guess the cord cutting movement really is taking its toll. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's also probably why we're seeing the the boost of so many streaming packages. These yeah, days. so I'm I'm curious to know like how much of this dip in ratings is due to people not following the show anymore versus just not watching it on cable. And I think it's probably got to do a little bit with both because yeah. I feel like the hardcore fans are probably still following the show, but they're downloading it on iTunes or mm-hmm. streaming it on some other platform or, or watching it rec- on the AMC website yeah. or recording or it, or watching it later. Or yeah. Recording it like Ben is probably one of. Doesn't that count as a view though? If your DVR the recording, is recording does, yeah. yeah. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but I don't think the I don't think the people that are watching it on alternative platforms, even on the AMC website, like after the. Yeah, because it's after they don't upload the episode until after it airs, right? Yes, you can't watch it simultaneously. No. Um. So yeah, I'm assuming well, those numbers aren't factored into this. Yeah, I don't believe it's available until the no. Monday after. Well, I think a lot of people are watching because Net or uh, Walking Dead is on Netflix, so I think a lot of people are just waiting for the new seasons. Yeah, you know that'd be interesting to see if we could find numbers on that, like how many people are just waiting until the until the season comes out. Like, what are the numbers what, when they're streaming it on Netflix? That's what Absolutely. I do with a lot of shows. Especially tied to AMC, like Better Call Saul. Yeah. Like, I, I just wait until the season's done. You wait, like, two months, and then the whole season's available on Netflix, and you just binge the whole thing in a weekend. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, right. I don't know. But how do you guys feel about the bold statement that was made by AMC's CEO a couple weeks back that The Walking Dead has 10 more years in it? That uh, is fucking bullshit. I thought it was dumb then, and I think it's even dumber now. Yeah, I, I don't understand where he's pulling this from or what what his game plan is still saying that. Still the most that. popular show on cable. But still, but that's like... 10 years? And he thinks it's got 10 years left 5 million viewer drop between premieres? I think that some of the best... Still the most popular okay. show on cable. Right, and I get that, but... I mean, let's assume that you can factor these numbers towards like the the cord cutting or cable cutting group. If you just keep seeing a drop like this, eventually, like the the advertisers are going to back out because there's just not enough yeah. people watching. And That's some true. of the best shows, I feel like, are the shows that know when it's time to fucking call it call quits. it quits. Yeah. Absolutely, and I. It's almost, and AMC's known for shows like that. Yeah, like, like they breaking, know when to end shows. Breaking Bad, for instance, I was just talking about that show ended at the perfect time because they knew that there was no way that you could drag that on. Yeah. But I, d- I don't understand why someone would make a statement like that. Unless know. they're making off into different universes or... Well, he's, yeah, that's what he was saying. The universe itself has 10 yeah, years. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, the other, the other thing that I think is interesting is I read an article recently talking about how um, the sheer amount of streaming services is driving up torrenting again uh, torrenting's been at the highest that it's been i believe in the, it. Pa- in the past year that's the reason i haven't since like 2009 oh wow really yeah and i believe it because that's the reason i haven't ditched cable myself because i sat down and thought about it. i was like all right what sh- like what shows or movies do i want to be able to watch like how many subscriptions am i going to have to get to actually like have the same access that I have now, and is it even financially worth it? I think it's not. I think I'd be paying more. Well, the other thing is like how our our streaming cable streaming services like Directv now mm-hmm. or or uh, PlayStation View or anything like that. Do those factor into those numbers? Because I, I know a lot of people that are starting to pick that kind of stuff up, myself included. Right. You know, like I'd rather pay the thirty dollars have have access to the 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 sixty channels that I normally would be watching, anyways. Uh huh. And then I've got my Netflix subscription yep. and my Amazon Prime. And Hulu. And, and I'm good. No, I don't have Hulu. You don't have Hulu? Yeah, I've got Shudder. Shudder, yeah. That's why I have. I and have I'm good. Four. I've got Hulu, but I piggyback off of Alex's Shudder, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I still maintain. I feel like a lot of these places, if they just did the $50 a year thing, like I still maintain that Shudder, that's the best investment you can make for streaming services. Like yeah. Shudder is 50 bucks a year. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, Amazon's like, yeah. what is it, 70 bucks a year or something? No, like that? Yeah, it's Amazon's like 100, 100 and something. something. Yeah, they just raised it. Uh, and then and they're Netflix taking away more what, and more features. Netflix is what, 12 or 13 a month now? Yeah, yeah. something like that. Like, their prices keep going up. And that's the issue. Like, And you start factoring in other channels if you wanted, like, I don't, I don't know how much it would cost to get, like, a standalone of AMC, uh, but, like, HBO Now or HBO Go, whatever. That's like eight or nine dollars a month. But why do you even bother buying AM- or AMC when it literally just goes on Netflix? Because in- if you wanted to watch it, it's not on Netflix. You're right; it's not. Yeah, like if, if and and right. for shows like this, if you wanted to, if you didn't want to wait the entire season plus a couple of months for it to end up on Netflix, yeah. Yeah, it's just the it's one of those. Uh, it's like it is with anything, right? Like you're paying a premium if you want to be the first one to watch it. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you're just torrenting. waiting for a while waiting. and then you're getting a discount. Putting or your you... fingers in your ears screaming, la la la. <laughs> or you just torrent it and hope that your computer doesn't get yeah, destroyed. Exactly. Hope you don't get a, a letter from yeah. the government in your mail. Oh, yeah, I've, I've been Seen those. <laughs> uh, next up, Lee Wanell, uh, co-creator of Saw and Insidious and director of Upgrade, which Sam and I watched recently and yeah. loved. The movie was uh, great. Mm. 
he's got a new horror film in the works. So why the fuck is this news? Because I fucking want to talk about it. That's why it's fucking news. <laughs> well, I think it's also nice to note that I feel like whenever people hear like Saw, they don't think Lee Wan L. They think... James Wan. James yeah, Wan. So absolutely. good for this guy. I thought yeah. James Wan. I actually, I didn't know that he was attached to Saw at all. Oh, really? Yeah, he's yeah. in it. He's one of the characters in it. Well, like, as far as, like, writing. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, he tweeted out that, uh, <laughs> basically, I'm writing a horror film right now that I can't wait to unleash on your fuck on you fuckers. That's literally it. That's yep, all we know. That's all we know. That's, that's, super stoked that's for this. all I need for me to be ready. Lee Wanell, October 8th, 2018. And I, plus, I love it when people call me a fucker. Right. <laughs> put, this, put this fucking tweet down in history, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, we'll see what happens with it. We'll definitely keep you appraised as, as new details come out. But if, it's, if, if Upgrade has anything to say about his directorial career, mm-hmm. and he did, what, The Lost Insidious, right? Uh which I actually finally got around to watching. I didn't think it was too bad. He did an Insidious Chapter 3, right? Yeah. Not, yeah. not the last key. Is that the oh, last key? Oh, I thought he did the last key. Is Chapter 3 the last key? I have no key? idea. I, we, I we think have no cha- access to Google right now. I think chapter- I thought he was just... I didn't think he was a director. I thought he was the writer. No, he directed it. I think Chapter 4 is the last key. No, that doesn't make sense. Because he directed Saw 3. Lee Wanell did? Yeah. Really? Yeah. He directed Saw Wasn't 3. Was that Darren Boozman? Mm-mm. He directed Saw 3 and Upgrade, and what I saw was... I didn't see any of the director credits for Insidious, but I know he was a co-creator and writer of the Saw franchise and of the Insidious franchise. Right. Um, all I know sure is... Ha- that? That's what was in what I was reading. Um, all that's I know, what was in what I was reading. <laughs> I believe the internet. Um, all I know is I would not be anywhere near as excited for whatever project he's working on had I not just watched upgrade in the last week right um that movie, it was good that movie <laughs> blew me away God, that movie was good um it was incredible uh and i'm i'm super excited to see what else he's got up his sleeves it was robocop meets john wick and if that's not enough to sell you i don't know what the fuck is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that movie was great i loved every second of it uh but yeah we'll we'll keep you keep you at updated on the details as they emerge uh it's october and video games want to help you celebrate the halloween season so both killing floor and overwatch have major seasonal updates that added to the game complete completely new maps uh new new cosmetics and a lot more um i actually recently hopped on killing floor with a good good mutual friend of of Sam and I, um, and experienced a lot of the new stuff. They've actually gone like above and beyond. I've yet, I've yet to get back into it. Above and beyond. So it's more than just a new map and new weapons. There's, or sorry, it's more than just a new map. There's new weapons. There's totally new boss functionality. For instance, Hans is now a spirit that wear that wields two, uh, spectral assault rifles that float around <laughs> next to him he would while he hovers around That's and, dope. and chases after <laughs> you and stuff it's pretty fucking cool they really they really uh the the skins the, all the monsters are totally different they function differently they do different things um they, it's not just like they reskinned them like they have in the past they they operate in completely yeah. different ways it's actually uh, I keep meaning to get back onto it and and really jump back in. It feels like almost like you're kind of playing a, a new game. Yeah, I'll probably <laughs> check it out this weekend. There's all new music, and for those playing on Steam, like me and Palmer, uh, there is a Steam exclusive weapon. Yeah, if you have a, another game called Road Redemption. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, and I, but they do an awesome thing where as long as anybody has the content in the game that you're playing, you have access to that weapon. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you also, don't have to like get it yourself. The alliteration yeah. for the name of this update is incredible. What is it? Halloween Horrors Monster Masquerade. <laughs> I love when things have great names. Yeah. Uh, the Overwatch update is uh, well, it's kind of repackaging a familiar fan favorite. So Junkenstein's Revenge, which is a co op shooter that they bring out every single time that they do Halloween. It's probably um, the last time I played the game was the first time they did Junkenstein's yeah, Revenge. Yeah, yeah. Last year they brought it back again, and it was pretty much just a rehash of the same mm-hmm. thing. But this time they're adding a whole bunch, or what, two new heroes to the, to be Bridget, able to choose. Uh, Bridget and Tracer are yeah. available. Um, so that makes it a little more interesting. All I actually, sorts of new well, hats for people. Yep, I'll probably hop on this. I do. I love Blizzard's Halloween skins. That yep. that Mercy skin of her being a witch is still like one great. of my favorite cosmetics. The one cool new thing about uh, the um, Junkenstein's Revenge this year is they have a special version called Endless Night, mm-hmm. which is an endless horde mode. So survive as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've added a whole bunch of other stuff too. So if you if you are in the mood for loot boxes and want to collect some skins, now is the time to hop on Overwatch. Uh, it runs through October 31st. Actually, both events run through October 31st, which would make a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> so, get ready to celebrate Halloween by shooting stuff in video games. Yes! yes! <laughs> <laughs> Finally, AMC has uh, has announced its 2018 Fear Fest lineup. This is one of the things I look forward to the most yeah. every year. Uh, and as usual, it's got some really, really awesome stuff. Uh, there's a ton more content than what I'm about to read out to you, but the, the list was... So massive, I'm not going to cover everything. I've got a, I've got a list of all of the marathons they're doing. Yeah, that's what I've got too. So, I, and I, I'm not even going to read through all that. You'll get the gist by just the few that I'm going to read out. So we've got uh, a Halloween marathon that features the 40th anniversary of Halloween. Uh, we've got an Exorcist marathon, uh, a, a Days of the Undead marathon that features 28 Days Later, Shaun of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Return of the Living Dead, uh, and Army of Darkness. And Army of Darkness. Yeah, we've got a, a, a bunch of Chucky films. Well, a double fo- feature for Chucky films. Uh, a Stephen King marathon, which they do every year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a slasher thon. You're looking at everything from Friday the 13th to, Scream to House four. of Wax. <laughs> yeah. So they call that one the Slasher-a-thon? Yeah. Uh-huh. Does it make more sense just to call it the Slash-a-thon? Or is that just me? That reminds me of like slashing prices, bargain basement. Uh, maybe that's why they did it. You right. have to have uh, the R on there. That's why they get paid more, the big bucks. That makes it aggressive. Yep, and they've got uh, Exorcist. Well, a demons, demons inside marathon, which includes all the Exorcist films, a whole bunch of other Exorcist films, mm-hmm. and uh, Hellraiser marathon, and a Friday the Thirteenth marathon. So be prepared for a lot of really awesome horror overload. And don't forget the brand new seven part series, Eli Roth's uh, history. Oh of yeah, horror. that starts at midnight. Yep. Uh, I got a Sundays. question though. So they have Final Destination two and three. Why is it that you think they don't have the first Final Destination? I don't know. Maybe the rights are too hard to acquire. Maybe okay. it costs too much money. Okay. Because I did notice that they also don't have Halloween uh, Resurrection, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't think anyone is complaining about. But I yeah. was I was disappointed that there was no Final Destination one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, they've got they've got the good ones. Though. And just Scream two is, Four. Two is two is. <laughs> Is the best one. I do think it's interesting. I noticed a comment on this article when I was reading it, uh, talking about how it's shitty that they show these movies because they show more violence in their in their own TV shows than they do in these yes. edited versions of the films. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, I do. <laughs> yeah, we've seen a lot of shit on The Walking Dead. Like, 
<laughs> the Negan baseball bat scene? Yeah. That's some hardcore shit, dude. Yeah. And they're not going to show nearly half of the, the, the blood and guts that are in some of these movies. But they um, are playing Misery. They are playing Misery. Yeah. I love you're, that you're that's on tune there. In. You got that noted in your calendar. Misery on AMC. <laughs> set ready to go. Uh, I just well, have that playing on a loop at my house. <laughs> on the 13th. The whole, for the whole month of October. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, don't tell my job, but I will be uh, tuning into these periodically throughout the day, every day, for the rest of the... <laughs> the month <laughs> yeah they are extending these to uh vod so you can you can watch along online awesome yep, yep. uh which i think is pretty cool i'm glad they're 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 jumping into that but that wraps up the horror headlines for this week sam you ready to tackle some stuff yeah there's a whole lot of stuff this week to tackle in the now let's do it Sam, what do we got? So, this week, starting on Shudder from Machaco Films from Argentina. Terrified. Comes out October 11th. When strange events occur in a neighborhood in Buenos Aires, a doctor specializing in the paranormal, her colleague, and an ex-police officer decide to investigate further. Oh, no. Spooky. (laughs) Oh, no. Hitting uh, VOD on October 12th from XYZ Films, Apostle. The year is 1905. Thomas Richardson travels to a remote island to rescue his sister. And after... This looks pretty good. That yeah. trailer was, was... After she's kidnapped by a mysterious point. religious cult demanding a ransom for her safe return, it soon becomes clear that the cult will regret the day it baited this man as he digs deeper and deeper into the secrets and lies upon which the commune is built. They will rue the day! You will rue the day! Oh! Uh, hitting theaters on October 12th from Columbia Pictures, Goosebumps 2, Haunted Halloween... Halloween comes to life in a brand new comedy adventure based on R.L. Stein's 400 million selling series of books. Blah, blah, blah. The second blah, blah. that the so gummy garbage. bears. The gummy bears turned into giant gummy bears, and I turned off the trailer because I was disgusted by it. shitty YouTube gummy bear song started playing. Yep. I, w- I turned off the trailer, and I was done. Yeah. So. Now we're going to hit a whole bunch of stuff we talked about previously in the past, starting with Bad Times at the El Royale. It comes out October 12th in the theaters by 20th Century Fox. This the El Royale cool. is a rundown hotel that sits on the border between California and Nevada. Soon becoming a seedy battleground where seven strangers, a cleric, soul singer, traveling salesman, two sisters, the manager, and the mysterious Billy Lee converge on a fateful night for one last shot at redemption before everything goes wrong. Redemption. This movie looks great. I'm super excited for it. Uh, I believe last week we talked about the curious creations of Christine McConnell. Comes out December or October 12th on Netflix. I'm super stoked to, uh, to watch this. Great new cooking show. Excited. In her haunted home, Christine McConnell turns ordinary ingredients into creepy cakes and confections that are almost too terrifying to eat. No, nothing's too terrifying to eat. That's it, true. Unless, unless it's slugs. Apparently, there are places that eat slugs. But they're deep fried? Yeah, Fear Factor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next up, also on Netflix, an original series, The Haunting of Hill House on October 13th. Following a group of siblings who, as children, grew up in what would go on to become the most famous haunted house in the country as tragedy forces them, now as adults, back to the house to confront the ghosts of the past. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about what sci-fi is pumping out all month uh, for October. And this week, we get the first shot at their new original movie, starting with Kakui the Boogeyman, hitting Saturday, October 13th at 7 p.m. A teenage girl confined to her home on house arrest soon discovers that the nightmarish urban legends of the Mexican boogeyman El Kakui are actually true. <laughs> uh, following that on the same night at 9 o'clock, uh, Karma, when recent college grad Manny has trouble making ends meet, his father-in-law offers him a job evicting delinquent tenants. Manny soon, find, uh, soon finds himself unleashing a karma demon, which stalks him at every turn. Karma, 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 karma demon. There you go. There you go. 
So that's what we got this week. Uh, all sorts of stuff to keep you, you busy. my soul. <laughs> <laughs> all sorts of things to keep you busy, whether it's Shutter, Netflix, you want to go out to a theater, or if you just want to stay home and watch sci-fi. There you go. Dope. Something for everybody. A little, bit of, little bit of things for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys ready to tackle the <laughs> to tackle the main event with with as much as we possibly can? Because I'm running desperately low on battery life here. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Hey, Richmond, <laughs> want to get spooked? Do you crave the grave? Do you want to share in some scares? <laughs> well, Red Vane Army is getting ready to kick off its haunt this weekend. That's right. Starting this Friday, October fifth. You, yes, you can hop in. One of the best haunts. Has to offer. Red Vane Haunted House is Richmond's scariest indoor-outdoor haunted attraction. Created by Red Vane Army in 2016 and located in Hanover Vegetable Farm, which is just 10 miles from Short Pump and 20 miles from downtown Richmond. They've been featured in RVA Magazine, Richmond Magazine, and Style Weekly. It's where Richmond goes for horror. Join us and experience their 2018 attractions, including Rabbit's Cryfield, Red Vane Asylum, and Providence's Home for Wayward Children. The fun kicks off Friday, October 5th. And join us Saturday, October 6th. The activities continue every weekend in October, so be sure to head over to redvanehaunt.com and grab your tickets. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's main event. Here we go. Main event time. 33%. 33%. We're going to make it, Palmer. (laughs) Trick or Treat uh, came out in 2009, directed by Michael Doherty. It stars Dylan Baker as Stephen Rochelle uh, Itis Itis? as Maria. Eights. Uh, Eights, maybe. (laughs) Quinn Lord as Sam. Lauren Lee Smith as Danielle. Monica Delane as Janet Tomo. What a fucking name. Tomo Pennicott as Henry. Anna Paquin as Lori. And Brian Cox as Mr. Krieg. Trick or Treat. Like another film that we talked about a while back, Terrifier, uh, is the product of a short film that the director came up with way before the film was actually conceived. Uh, came out in 1996. It was a short animated film uh, called Season's Greetings. Um, the film runs just under four minutes and features Sam, the movie's cute and deadly scarecrow, pumpkin-headed character, as he's stalked by a stranger on Halloween night. Um, Terrifier, which people might remember from our original grindhouse double feature that's right um uh it started off as a short film called all hallows eve so i just thought that was interesting um the live action full-length feature began filming in 2006 and was finished in 2007 but it was shelled for two years by warner brothers uh the actual reason behind this i couldn't find like anything concrete so i found a really interesting uh thing that they said there's speculation that Warner Brothers uh, decided to dump the film based on a risky promotional campaign uh, because it dealt a harsh blow to Doherty and single, uh, Singer for their failure on Superman Returns. That's what I read, too. Yeah, that's, that's, I One think of that's the, the general consensus. That seems also to that be it's the, hard to market an mm-hmm. anthology film, and I feel like this was coming out, we're supposed to come out right around when Saw was coming out. One of the Saw yeah, movies. Yeah, they didn't want to play with Saw coming out because it was at its, like, at its prime at that point. Everybody right. was going to see the Saw films uh, at, at that point. Um, but either way, it, it, 
you know, I think it ended up being a bit of a mistake on Warner Brothers' part. Um, cause the it's turned movie, into quite the cult classic. It really has. I mean, it's 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 a little more than that, I'd say, because it seems to be like even horror fans, even mm-hmm. non-horror fans kind of are starting to migrate to this film as like a Halloween film that they watch. Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that it's like, it's not overtly gory. It's not really that scary. There's a lot of comedy elements to mm-hmm. it. And um, know, the movie's just a lot of fun, it honestly. Is. Like, um, it's got something for everybody. Yeah. I think it's a lot, it's got a lot of the charm. It's, um, that's something like Hocus Pocus has where it just feels like it's embodying the spirit of the season rather absolutely. than just trying to like scare scare the yes. pants off of you. It definitely of feels like Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Respect the traditions. Yeah. <laughs> so the film was also supposed to receive a nationwide theatrical release, but that did not happen either. Uh, instead, it was released direct to video and streaming services, a testament to how little the studio believed in it. Um, the film also had a bunch of title changes before the filming began and honestly i think they're all for the better okay tell us <laughs> uh, some of them palmer originally titled seasons Greeting, greetings much like the name of the short film it was changed because it sounded too much like it was a christmas, christmas movie. movie yeah yeah <laughs> uh and then uh it was called halloween terrors jack-o'-lantern tales october the 31st and then <laughs> what a boring ass <laughs> title <laughs> and then trick or treat without the oh. apostrophe where the r is the final title was kept uh but since there was already a movie that came out back in the 80s called trick or treat they mm. changed it to trick was that, or treat. that was the one with ozzy right I, it had some metal people I feel like it was i've never seen it i don't know i've i've heard it's terrible and fun <laughs> it sounds i have fun. no idea uh but the film features five tales, all interwoven, that connect with one another at various points. Uh, in almost every scene, all the character or other characters interact with whatever the main character is for that one tale in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can be found in the background. In some cases, like I said, they even interact with each other. Um, the movie opens up with a story about a husband and wife. Yeah. And can we? Can I just say that this wife is like such a bitch? I know, and I love <laughs> Leslie Bibb too. She's such a bitch. Like she just seemed worn out. She said she was. I don't know, dude. Nah, it's more than. What'd you say? Like, she was lit. She was lit. He was lit. They're Every, both everybody lit. was so lit. If you're lit and worn out, then leave the decorations. Yeah, until that's tomorrow. the one part that really bothered me. That she thought she was going to clean up all of those decorations. Maybe she's that kind of person. That, that house, that house really was decked out. Decked yeah, out. That, that would have taken her hours. That was a ton of shit. The other issue that I had with it is if she had that much of a problem with the holiday, like I feel like she wouldn't have allowed those many de- that many decorations to go up in the first. Yeah. He just wanted to go inside and and, and watch and, porn and watch porn with his wife and, and or fiance, his wife, girl, yeah, whoever. While watching porn yeah i mean he had an appropriate response to being lit on halloween night right like that's what you do you <laughs> she's go like no nah, i gotta clean the front yard and blow out this candle <laughs> don't blow out the candle god that, that was her that was her second mistake pulling pulling down all the decorations was her first mistake <laughs> yeah just leave them <laughs> she was worried that her mother was gonna think it was a murder scene it was halloween yeah what the fuck are you gonna what <laughs> i would think it was weird if i showed up to someone's house and all of their halloween decorations were gone or, or the day after the morning I'd after be like, did you take those all down last yeah. night i took them down while people were asking for candy <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> we only celebrate Halloween from 7 to 8. Uh, so the wife, Emma, ends up being Sam's first victim, although we as an audience don't quite know who Sam is yet or mm-hmm. what or what he is at mm-hmm. this point in the film. Uh, next up, we get introduced to Charlie. I'm going to go through each segment a little bit because of the fact that I want to talk about the timeline yeah. of this movie 
uh, as as a talking point here. So uh, Charlie, he's uh, he is <laughs> as I lovingly referred to him during the intro, the fat kid from Bad Santa. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just wants uh, everyone to have hand sandwiches. Yep. Yep. And and, and so he's and no pumpkins. Around. Yeah, no he's pumpkins. destroying he's destroying pumpkins and he's stealing candy and he encounters his principal Stephen. He long story short ends up getting poisoned by his principal eating mm-hmm. some candy because he doesn't embody the spirit of the season. Well, he also doesn't follow the cardinal rule of checking your candy before yeah. you eat it. No, yeah. you're supposed to check the candy. I mean, there that's a safety hazard, right? Danger. Every, everybody's giving your kids edibles and 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 razor blades. Fucking, I'm not wasting my edibles on children. <laughs> yeah, I'm not wasting my razor blades on children. <laughs> yeah, them, them shit's expensive. Yeah, I don't yeah. have dollar yeah. month clothes. Pack shave. of razor blades is like thirty fucking dollars. Right? <laughs> God damn. Um, dollar shave club. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but here this beca- week's episode. Here comes. <laughs> here comes one of my first talking points. Right. So after he finishes killing Charlie, after Stephen kills Charlie. Uh, after the long puking scene. Oh, God, that was disgusting. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, he tries to bury Charlie in another person, mysterious other person, mm-hmm. in this ditch, right? Who the fuck do we think the other person was? Do we Who, think uh, it's another kid? Do we think it's his wife? Because there's no wife here, right? But he, him, but Stephen himself has a child. Yeah. And he says something about when he's complaining about his son being like, mm, Daddy, come carve a jack-o'-lantern. Mm, yeah. dad, mm, I wish Mommy was here. Yeah. The kid seems very well adjusted, though, to the fact that, that was if that was his mother in the grave. But it seems like he's not. He's raising his kid to be a serial killer, right? Which yeah. Get, which gets revealed to us here shortly. Y- yeah. Yeah, I, I assume it was... Probably just some other kid, because uh, mm-hmm. that was a much larger body bag, though. Maybe, I mean, maybe it was the mother. Charlie was a big kid. That's true. Maybe he just targets. Maybe it was some asshole teenager. Maybe he, maybe he wrote that silver chair song and he's just pursuing fat boys. Because <laughs> he comes, because you you meet him as he's coming back from the store, right? He's coming back from the store or something with like a giant paper bag. So maybe it was somebody he killed before he went to the store. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe it was his first vampire victim. Oh. Actually, that... that you think that he left her right which, in the body. Which fucks up her my timeline, yeah. actually. If, he, if that is the case, that well, fucks up my timeline. When he left, her, he left his first vampire victim... He left the one that we saw... Right. ...laying against the side of the wall in public. Yes. With all the other drunks passed out on the side of the road. Also, can I just move to this town in Ohio to party with them on Halloween? Right, right? that's Halloween. the dopest they Halloween it, I've ever seen. For when I first saw this, I remember thinking, like, is this like that's like a city Bourbon Street or something? It's like, like a citywide Halloween, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So yeah, I, if, if that is the case, if that's one of his like vampire victims, that screws up my timeline completely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's possible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, we get uh, introduced to a group of trick or treaters: Macy, Sarah, Chip, and Schrader. Uh, who run into a girl named Rhonda, who happens to be nuts Actually, for Halloween. Um, can we go she back real quick? for Halloween. I did assume it was Charlie's body in the bag. Yeah. Um, and the thing that got confusing to me is, and maybe this is what it is, it might be Charlie in the bag, and he still has his head, and when he's like stomping him down, uh-huh. uh, when he's talking to Krieg through the fence. Uh-huh. No, but there's two bags in there. He throws Charlie's body on top of another bag. That's what I'm oh, trying like to Oh, who get was at. the original bag? Who was who was originally in that grave? Oh, in that case, it was probably the mom. That's what I'm leaning towards too. But you brought up the aspect that it could be the the vampire. It could be the vampire thing, yeah. Yep. 
so I don't know. Just to keep my timeline intact, I'm going with the mom on the first body bag. <laughs> I see. Convenience. I see. I see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the group traveled to a local quarry where Macy recalls an urban legend about a high school bus massacre. Yep. Uh, so we get introduced to a little bit of a flashback depicting the school bus driver taking payment from parents and driving the school bus full of disabled children right. off off a cliff. One of them because they to were go home. too much trouble. Yes, and and on, okay, what kind of terror? So we just said we wanted to go partying in this town. I don't necessarily that know that I want to go partying in this town if the parents are all just going to pay somebody to drown a busload of children. Yeah, dude, yeah. I'm not a child. You right. <laughs> I'm not getting drowned. <laughs> that was also like 30 years ago. Yeah, that's that's true. So, so maybe, maybe they were terrible people, and now they're not. Now terrible they just party. People. What? I don't know. Huh? People. People. Yes. Uh, the trick or treaters offer eight jack lanterns as tribute to the dead children, um, but they pull a prank. Scare the shit out of Rhonda by acting like they're a bunch of zombies, only to get eaten by a bunch of zombies. (laughs) Poor Rhonda, the only one who understands the spirit of Halloween. But it also has to do with the fact that they kicked the 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 catalyst for it is kicking Kicking a jack o' lantern into the into the water. So you don't you really need to stop fucking with these jack o' lanterns. It's really the 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 moral of this tale here. I mean, really, what it comes down to is if you're going to pay tribute to someone, don't immediately destroy that tribute. Right. Can That's we also true. just talk about how on point Rhonda was with all of those jack o' lanterns? Dude, she was really good at that. I like, also read somewhere that that her house was based off the, the house Carrie from, White House. Yeah, yeah, Carrie White's house with all the candles. And really? Stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And actually, in the original, I don't know. In the storyboards, originally the picture for her house was actually a still shot from Carrie. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. But Rhonda fucking killed it with those pumpkins. I have a hard time saying the word jack-o'-lantern. I've just realized <laughs> it does not come off the tongue well. So I'm just I'm just going to call them pumpkins. But please know that I realize that they're not actually just pumpkins. Uh, <laughs> noted. Thank you. <laughs> uh, next up, we are introduced to Lori, a self-conscious young woman. Uh, well, we get introduced to her a little bit beforehand. You see her trying on her trying on her dresses, being watched by a pervy ten-year-old who happens who is to Sam. be yes. Sam. Yeah. yeah. Who happens to be Sam? Uh, the the child. Excuse me, there are children out here. <laughs> why do you have your kid out here? Yeah, why are you tell your, your pervy ass kid, kid to stop like, yeah. peek, peek at these these women? These women trying on costumes, right? With their ample bosoms. Mm, they do all have ample bosoms. Yep. Sucky Stackhouse is stacked house. Uh, <laughs> Sucky. <laughs> Sucky. Um. So yeah, Lori, a self-conscious young woman, arrives in a town with her sister Danielle and her friends Maria and Janet. They pick up dates, uh, except for Lori, who wants her first time to be special. Mm-hmm. So it's it's implied so that this cliche. is all like sexual, uh, and and that they're trying to, I guess, help her lose her virginity. But what kind of? Mm. Ooh. Ooh, there are some clues. There are some clues. Uh, it so, seems a little heavy-handed when you actually know what's happening. It does. <laughs> it really does. You're like, okay, I fucking get it. Jesus. Uh, so when the girls are buying their costumes, Danielle uh, tells her date to meet them at Cheap's Meadow, uh, which foreshadows their later reveal as werewolves and plays off the idiom of wolf in sheep's clothing. And also she's dressed as Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Lori eventually cut encounters a hooded, what we are, I guess, led to believe is just a sexual predator, right? We think, right. We think Lori's about to get the shit raped out of her. Mm-hmm. Like, this is about to turn into last, last 
house on the left and it's not the case at all uh this predator is dressed as a vampire who we saw earlier in the film yeah yeah, yeah. uh earlier in the film um but Lori turns the tables uh and we witness this man fall out of a tree we think that it's Lori wearing her red riding yeah. cloak. Mm-hmm. We think it's going to be Lori's body that just fell out of the tree. Nope. Her sister's very worried. Yep. It turns out to be uh, Wilkins, the principal from earlier. With his fake ass. That dude's just all over the fucking place, man. Uh, he's just doing... He's, he's, yeah, he's the he's, busiest he's the man on Halloween night. He's the one that the timeline, line, I think. Uh, in the timeline? The, the, the timeline. The, the, the timeline. <laughs> you screwed up the timeline. Um, Actually, I think I have it sorted out. Well, Did you guys we'll really pay that much attention to the timeline? I really, I yeah, because well, the, I every time to, I, I always try to do that with. I just every try time to ignore it, it. Every time I see it, the 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 part I I would be able to ignore it if for, for the fact if it weren't for the fact that it, that Wilkins bothers me. Okay, it's he's the one that I think is the loose thread in because he's in all throughout this. the whole thing. Well, I also have a theory that he wasn't the same vampire from earlier. Mm. Okay, that that other vampire was actually real. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Uh, but the uh, the big reveal ultimately is that, that Lori is losing her werewolf virginity, getting her first kill. To Marilyn Manson. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> a sweet dreams cover <clears throat> by Marilyn Manson. Another fun fact about that real quick is it wasn't supposed to be that song originally. What song what was, was it supposed, supposed to be? It was originally, and they actually they set up the a boombox on set while they were filming it that was playing it. It's called Fever by Peggy Lee. Can you sing a little bit for I, us? I've never heard the song before. Is it like the one that's like, Fever? Dun, 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 dun. Maybe. You got me fever. Maybe. <laughs> that's the only song I know that's... Uh, but apparently when they went into editing, uh, they're like, nope, this isn't going to work. No. It's going to be more hardcore than that. Yeah. Especially if it's <laughs> that song that I was just singing, which is so a terrible song. So they went with song. Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson. <laughs> which I thought was an apt Song choice. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the dope shit. That is, that is the dope <laughs> shit. Oh, I dope. see. I see what you did there. <laughs> Are we all stars now in this dope show, Alex? <laughs> Are we a bunch of mechanical animals? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the werewolves were. I don't know. I don't know. The, 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 the woods looked awfully holy to me. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. We got puns for days. Woo! <laughs> Only 12% battery, but puns. <laughs> puns for days. Um... So yeah, all the werewolves uh, in the film I wanted to point out were actually cre- created by Tadapolis Studios, which are the same studios that did all the Lycans in the Underworld yep. World trilogy, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, they were pretty good. Yeah, they were pretty good. I liked it. I liked how they kind of just ripped their flesh yeah, off just rather than it. transforming. I loved it. They kind of like ripped it off like gloves and just yeah. threw it around. I thought that was a pretty interesting take on the whole werewolf thing. I, I thought that was. I also feel like that probably had to do with a few budget constraints maybe but i i ended up really liking that i've only ever seen that in one other thing it was a show on netflix that the name is escaping me right now um but it was a similar thing where uh the one character or the two characters that were werewolves would like rip their skin off and shed it and then eat it and Mm. it was it was pretty graphic huh that actually sounds kind of interesting if you can find what that was i'd love to check that out they eat it yeah i mean i'd eat it it's nutrients, know? and you're tired, yeah. and you're hungry, because you just eat. turned into a fucking werewolf. I guess you do eat people. Yeah. People. Yeah. People. And people. their skin. <laughs> All right. You clearly, have a, yeah, you clearly have a taste for skin. Also, this is where we see the boobs. Yes. There are yep. lots of lots yep. of tetas everywhere. Tetas. Tetas, as far as the eye can see. <laughs> 
Did um, you guys also notice just a small thing about that? There's. Do you remember towards the middle of the movie when the um, the little kids are trying to get pumpkins and they go to that one house yes. and there's that drunk woman and the with, hot dog with dude. the hot dog. You know, and she's throwing she, the party and she's drunk as shit. Oh, right, 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 right. So, so she's a, a weird wolf. lady. So she's a wolf. And, and the person that her, she brings is the hot dog. Why are you always trying to steal my fun facts? I'm stealing every fun <laughs> fact. Because I have it written down. I said I was doing fun well, facts. Well, so. my laptop is dark and I know them off by memory. Damn. Alex has the fun facts memorized, dude. <laughs> you got some next level but you see shit her right in the, there. <laughs> you see her in the back rolling the hot dog. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I didn't notice that at all. Uh, let's see. Finally, the the last story. Um, this is my favorite. <laughs> this is this is one of the better ones. Yeah. So during the <laughs> during the time that Wilkins is is harvesting Charlie, uh, Krieg scares away some children that that try to steal his candy. So well, he doesn't have any candy, right? Oh. Uh, Oh he no! He scares them to steal their candy. That's right. Because remember, he sits down with the candy. Yeah, because he doesn't thing. have any candy to give to kids. Yeah, so he's, uh, he scares right. their th- and he's drag he's dragging one of the pillowcases full of candy into his house, and he takes a bite of the candy bar, and he's all like, "This is gross." Um, <laughs> 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 this candy. I hate everything. I heard that he was supposed to be modeled after John Carpenter. Yeah, John Carpenter, oh, and yeah, um, I can see that. I can see that. It was it was John Carpenter and uh, Jerry Garcia. Jerry Garcia. So apparently, so he was allowed. I did read that. He was allowed yeah. to come up with the his own costume design. Okay. Yeah. And he wanted to. He he saw the character as somebody like uh, a, a man out of time from like the seventies. Okay. And then apparently, like, met John Carpenter. I was like, and then remembered. He's like, I met John Carpenter once. That's who I want to look like. He had prosthetics. On yeah, that like made the, him the look nose like... and all yeah. all sorts of shit. Um, but. Once Krieg sits down, takes a bite of this nasty ass candy bar. All of a sudden, Sam. This is the first one we were, we really get. We've seen Sam throughout the film in between bits. He, he ties appears, it all together. Yeah, he appears in pretty much every scene. But Sam is the the main antagonist of this scene. Uh, Sam breaks into his house, decorating it with ha- Halloween memorabilia, and uh, basically attacking Krieg. Mm-hmm. Uh, as uh, during the scuffle, he's unmasked, and turns out that he's got like a a pumpkin, a pumpkin head. head? Why did he have the bag over his head anyways? To hide the fact that maybe it's so he looks more like a kid. Because he does look like a kid with that bag on, right? Well, like, you could just think he's a, tr- a trick-or-treating but kid. But you could just think he was a trick-or-treating kid with a pumpkin on his head, too. Yeah, but that's a fucked up looking pumpkin. No one's going to think know. that, like, oh, this kid clearly has a pumpkin Somebody for might head. be like, yo, that's a dope-ass costume. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, don't fucking talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> My hand I will, will kill you. I will cut you with a lollipop, dude. <laughs> Take a bite, stab you with it's it. It's a whole new meaning to the lollipop. Who just guilt? bites lollipops like that? Sam? Lunatics. Lunatics. <laughs> Lunatics. <laughs> Lunatics. Menace to society. I feel like Batman had like a, a Candyman killer or something of those. I, God, what the hell is his name? I know he had the, the ketchup and mustard guy. Yes, Batman faced a ketchup and mustard <laughs> enemy. I'm not making that up. <laughs> like, a, well, like a hot dog. It, it, like he was like a. If I remember right, he had like a, a ketchup bottle on his head and just like <laughs> used ketchup and mustard to attack things. Oh yeah. lord! Yeah. McDonald's tie-ins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Franchising. Uh, so after he's revealed to be this pumpkin-headed child, Sam or Creek uh, manages to grab his shotgun, and blows Sam away. Right, mm-hmm. but it turns out Sam's not dead. He's got he's some regenerative powers. Uh, so. Um, he gets back up, goes to attack Krieg again. Just as he's getting ready to deliver the killing blow, he stabs into what? 
a candy, a candy bar. bar. That gross ass candy bar that Craig was eating. A real there. shitty looking yeah. one. And it turns out that's all Sam wanted. He just wanted some candy, apparently. <laughs> People come to your door asking for candy. Don't be you an asshole. You have to abide by the Halloween yep. rules. Yep. Don't blow out candles. Give kids candy. Don't, don't kick over pumpkins. Uh, don't kick. Don't break pumpkins. And don't destroy tribute to dead souls. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And uh, as Sam is leaving, we get a glimpse of some of the leftover photographs in the mm. fireplace that that Krieg was destroying earlier in the scene. And it turns out that Krieg is the school bus driver who drove all those kids off of a cliff. Why do you have a picture of that? Why are you still living in the same town? Why? Why does nobody know who he is if it's a small town in Ohio? <laughs> But like, why would you have a pay- oh, look? Look at all these kids I murdered. That's right. fun. Maybe that's why he's so depressed. Why he's so that is why he's so depressed. That's why he hates Halloween because it that is that that's, yeah. reminds him of all of that. Um, what have I done? Yeah. What have I done? Also, I want to take a moment to appreciate that his dog's name was Spite. Yes, was it? Yeah, I thought it was Spike, Spike but it's Spite. It's Spite. That's his dog is very cute. His dog was really, really cute. I like when he's barking. His dog has the costume on and yeah. runs at the kids. Because he has that very ferocious growl. And you think it's going to be this like big gnarly dog. And it's just like a little it's like a medium-sized terrier. Yeah. yeah. It's a little cutie pie. <laughs> With the coolest dog costume I've ever seen. Yeah. Like the glowy eyes. It was pretty good. That's yeah. why he doesn't have any Halloween decorations up. Because his whole fucking, all his Halloween effort goes into making that dog costume. Well, by the end of the movie, he's got every pumpkin in town on his front yard. Yeah, that's yep. true. So Sam leaves. Uh, and later we see Creed being that typical old man that you hate that's handing out peppermint and toffee. Oh, yeah. And some, <laughs> and some mints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just giant handfuls But he's of doing it. it. Old you know man he handfuls. fucked up. Yep. Uh, and so the last scene is is him watching as, as everything ties together, right? He sees uh, Sam and Emma and Henry. Um, and Krieg turns to go back inside. And he receives a knock on the door. And who mm. is it? It's the same zombie kids. From the uh, quarry. From the quarry. And they're there to exact they, their revenge. They are pissed. Yeah, they're there to exact their revenge. I mean, I'd be fucking pissed too if I were them. They followed yeah. Sam. Yeah. So, they followed Sam there. They did. So let's talk about the timeline here. Yeah. So the intro to the story is what happens at the end, Yep. actually, of yep. the movie. If you're looking at the timeline of things, right? I think we can all agree on that. Uh, the girls well, trying- they even tell you that too, though. Yeah, and the girls trying on their costumes takes place earlier that evening, I think, before the events that take place at the beginning of the movie. So I think those are like the events that are supposed... If you put the movie in chronological order, that would be where the movie would start. Probably. Is, is I, don't, I, just have it by, I just have it by anthology story, not like pieces. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, and then the psychotic principal mm-hmm. bearing bodies in the backyard... That follows, I think, immediately after the costumes are being tried on by the girls. Okay. Uh, and then the subsequent story about the kids taking their pumpkin to this query. Or, sorry, the query. Quarry, not the query. <laughs> Too much work. Yeah, I, I really have so many databases that I'm dealing with right now. <laughs> the quarry uh, follows. God damn it, I lost my train. <laughs> you think that follows Wilkins killing Charlie? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh so here's where things start to get a little muddled, right? So we've got the subplot about this guy who goes to town to dress as a vampire uh-huh. and kills a girl in town. Right. Wilkins when we see him he 
is not wearing a vampire costume of any sort. He's wearing just a tie and and you know and he's, he's covered dressed, in he's dressed like blood. a principal. He's he's what covered in vomit and blood. No, because we see him when we when he first bumps into Charlie. He's not covered in anything. He just looks like a principal walking down the street. He's no, not saying after bag. Charlie. I'm saying after Charlie. Oh, 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 after Charlie. Yeah. So where does he fall into the timeline here, and how is he the same vampire that existed beforehand? If he's going and getting groceries or something for his child, because see, comes I think all the vampire stuff bag. takes place after the Charlie story. So the order that I have this in by like by the anthology stories, I've got the Halloween school bus massacre first, um, because that will introduce you to Sam as well as the school bus zombie kids. Uh, then you've got Wilkins coming home, um, the whole Charlie thing. And then after he's done burying uh, Charlie, he goes into town. At the same time that he goes into town, which we don't see him like change into his vampire costume. Um, at the same time he goes into town, Sam goes to Krieg's house. And that whole sequence happens at Krieg's house. Um, because Krieg and Charlie's demise uh, kind of happen at the same time because you see them talking to each other through the fence. Uh after he leaves Krieg's house, he goes across the street and kills Emma. Um, and then after that, you see Wilkins' story wrap up getting killed by the werewolves. Okay. I guess the issue that I have there is... I think is, you have to consider that, that if, multiple things are happening simultaneously throughout this story. Oh, yeah. And I, I think I am, I am taking that into consideration here. But I think uh, the reason I think that... Uh, the the girls trying on the costumes is the start of the movie is because of the fact that the party seems to be like at its peak at that point in the time like in the timeline like as they're leaving the costume shop mm-hmm. and they're walking down the street right before their main story starts so it's it's their main story starts immediately after we're briefly introduced to them at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. so right they get all their costumes they walk out of the shop the main story starts and they bump into the mm-hmm. girl attacked by the vampire. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that like the, the, the um, party is in full force downtown. Yeah. That's why I think that's, that's one of the, the last evening. thing that happens though. No, I think that's one well, of the how first could it be, things. But yeah. How could it be one of the last things if the, if the party is in full force downtown? Cause when Wilkins is dealing with Charlie, there's nobody on that street. Lights are turned off when he's walking down the street. It's implied that yeah. it's late night. Mm hmm. I think the end of the movie is actually the beginning of the movie. Does that make sense? So you think Krieg's fighting off Sam. Towards the beginning of the movie, yes. Or the beginning of the timeline, rather. So then the Corey... So, but the Corey stuff has to exist before that. You're right. So then the Corey stuff, if you go from that mm-hmm. idea, the Corey stuff would have to be the beginning of the movie. Okay. But that couldn't be possible because we get introduced to Rhonda... And company knocking on the door of Wilkins' place, asking him for one of his jack lanterns, and while he's dealing with Charlie, remember? Uh huh. So uh, I did forget about that. So the Wilkins Wilkins is the piece that doesn't make sense. That's the issue. That and that's why I'm nitpicking this this Mm -hmm. timeline because he is the thread that pulls this whole thing loose, and I notice it more and more. But Krieg didn't have any jack o' lanterns until after Sam had come to his house. Right, but they don't go to Krieg's house. They go to Wilkins' house. 
The kid. That's when we're introduced to the kids. Is when they knock on Wilkins' door. Oh, uh, okay. Because he's in the middle of trying to. Because he the, he he's dragging Charlie's body into that's the right, house. That's right. That's right. Uh, and they think he's got a good costume on because he's covered in the puke blood. Yep. <laughs> and, Ew. And uh, then this the kid. Kids you know, are so easy to fool, right? <laughs> I mean, would you expect anything different? Would you actually think that yeah. he had blood yeah. puke on him for yeah. real? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's a good point on Halloween. You're gonna. You're I would not be like, think about well, that. unless you would smell it, you'd be like, you literally went overboard with your costume because you smell like vomit. Sorry, kids. I was drinking grown up punch. Um. Touch my hot dog. <laughs> but for Wilkins to go from if 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 it's late night and he's dealing with Charlie late at night and then dealing with his son and creating the head o' lantern with his son. Mm-hmm. And and in the course he deals with Krieg, that would put Krieg's story towards the end of everything. So he, no, he it would. Goes, it, Krieg's goes, story would be simultaneous. So he goes and deals with his son, or uh, what does he put his son to bed and then goes back out in the vampire costume? Yeah, yeah. To the party, yeah. yeah. So then the vampire that would be the end of the film. The vampire. Yeah, party. that's what I said. The vampire werewolf thing is the end of the film. But then, where was he? How how was he downtown? If it's implied that this is why I think it was an actual vampire. Because hey, well, and that's why, I like, because you think that the we meet the girls at the beginning of the movie. I yeah. don't think we meet them until Who halfway through. Who do you through. think is an actual vampire? I think that the attack that happens downtown is done by an actual vampire. Oh, I don't think so. But I how would you pierce them with those could, plastic fangs? You just bite he real bit hard. Her too, dude. You can rip somebody's skin out with she your normal said, teeth. She, he, when she finally came into the woods after she threw his body, yeah, out he of the bit tree. me, but she has no mark. Yeah, she does. She's bleeding all up in her boob. Oh, was she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. she had a giant hickey on her boobie. It was a bleeding. It wasn't even a hickey. It was bleeding. Yeah, that's true. So he was downtown at the beginning of the film, goes and deals with Charlie, puts his kid to bed, and then goes to the party. Back out? Maybe. That's the only thing that would Maybe that's what was in the bag. In maybe, his dr- maybe his vampire costume is what he's walking home with in that big paper bag. Mm. I didn't consider that. That's actually a possibility. Yeah. Okay, so maybe he hides the costume in the bag. Mm-hmm. Walks up to the door, gets Charlie, has some bonding time, some killer bonding time yeah. with his kid. Yeah. And at the same time that he's carving into Charlie's head, Krieg's getting attacked next door. But didn't Charlie ask him to take him to the parade? And at that point, would the parade not have already been over? I don't remember that. I don't remember what the... I, I remember him yelling at his dad and him trying to like, get him to shut up. he was like, I want to go to the parade. He's like, are we going to go to the parade? And he was like, after we carve the jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. Okay, so that wouldn't make sense. Which is know. Which is why I think all of that happens after Charlie dies. So, tr- so all right. So, just then one more could- time. Halloween school bus massacre to start. Wilkins kills Charlie and buries him. At the same time, he's carving Charlie's head. But the Halloween school bus massacre couldn't be the start because they're knocking on the door of Wilkins' house, asking for jack-o'-lanterns before they even go to the quarry. Yeah, they get that and they go to the quarry. No, because they go to other homes. It, again, it's it's happening like simultaneously. Like They're going to the quarry as Charlie's getting killed. So and as Charlie's head is getting along. carved up. You think You think five kids walked way out of town in the amount of time we don't know how far away it is 
Oh, we kind of know how far out away it is because they do. She, yeah, uh, she does say how that it was like. Either way, would you guys say that maybe this is one of the parts of the movie that you dislike? That the timeline is a bit confusing. I don't really know if I dislike it. I don't don't, really know how important it is. I I think think, I think we're honestly like nitpicking some stuff here, but it's it's it. it, it, Wilkins is the one thread that pulls everything loose, in my opinion, and makes it a little janksy. Okay. Uh, I don't know. So Wilkins would be the part that that pulls the thread loose, but then I feel like I guess. Sam is the one that brings it all together, right? Yeah, because he's making appearances in every single scene. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I mean, it's an anthology film. Yeah. I also did read that originally the director wanted these all to be standalone stories directed by different... Each story having... A been, different director? Having a different director. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad they didn't do that. Yeah, well, the studio was like, that's a shit idea. <laughs> um we don't like that idea. So did you see Southbound? <laughs> right. So he. Um, oh, that, that, I thought you know ended yeah. up being more. Cohesive. So he tried to connect them all using you know this narrative. Maybe that didn't necessarily. Maybe there. Maybe the reason that it is a little bit janksy is because that was not originally how he had it planned. Maybe. I think there's also just a lot more happening at the same time than we're. I will acknowledge to. that there, yeah, there's definitely got to be a lot going on at the exact same time. While, mm-hmm. while there's, I mean, there's, it's there's simultaneous events happening. There's no way. Krieg's story starts halfway through Charlie's mm-hmm. death. Yeah, and so I, I think there's just a ton of stuff going on all at once throughout the town. Right. Maybe. I also read somewhere that, and I don't know if it's true that the studio recut the movie so that the separate stories were nonlinear. I don't know if oh. that's true, but if the studio cut it, then that might be why it's a little janksy. And then they were like, fuck this, we don't want this going to theater. This was just a comment that I read that someone like like swore that that's what happened. This is what you get for Superman! (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize Superman was that big of a flop. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, I didn't see it. It So, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hmm. What was your favorite part? Like, what was your favorite story? Um, I think the one with the kids. Was was my favorite one. Uh, the one where they go down into the quarry? Down to the quarry, yeah. yeah. I think that was my favorite one. I think uh, it played like a classic, mm-hmm. like these kids are all up to no good type of thing. They're trying to take advantage of somebody who may not necessarily have... Because they, they call her a savant at one point. Mm-hmm. What's An idiot Rhonda? savant, yeah, yeah. they call Rhonda a savant at one point. And it's like, all right, so you're taking advantage of somebody who may not have the mental capabilities to realize that she's being taken advantage right. of. Right, and she was like, such a sweet getting, girl. They're getting what they deserve. Well, that's also really funny, too, when we mentioned that her you know, her home was based off the Carrie, Carrie, Carrie's home because Carrie also kind of got revenge on all of the people who wronged her. Yeah. Yeah, whereas, like, some of, like, the other ones, like, honestly, like, like I said, at the beginning, like I, Emma comes across as a bit of a bitch. The wife at the beginning of the film, she comes across as a bit of a bitch, in my opinion. But did she deserve getting fucking massacred by Sam for that? Hey, you I blow out that yeah. candle, man. But they he almost, warned her. He warned her. They could have killed Rhonda because she falls and hits her head on a rock and passes out. That could have killed her. Right. Well, the boy the panics. Of, the, the boy panics and like feels bad about it. Her, her and her and um, the principal mm-hmm. and Krieg. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that I think deserve it. The other yeah. ones, not so much. Yeah. The principal, definitely. I just yeah. like that, he, you know. I also read somewhere the reason that maybe people were hesitant to put this in the movie theater is because they killed children. <laughs> there was one child death. Yeah, but there was nothing really like... Uh, no. Well, there was... 
mean, over, I mean, technically over, more like, than one. Technically. Yeah, there were well, yeah, bunch. but I think they're talking specifically about the about Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. about his head being about on the head uh, being, on the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that was just it was just something I read. I don't yeah. know that it's actually. I mean, I could see that. I mean, I do like it when they murder kids. I feel like we're a lot more lax with that now than we were. I do. I like it when movies go there. That was the one. So I, I think the, the the school bus massacre bit um, was probably the one that felt most like a Halloween, most Halloweeny to me. I guess because yeah. it is kids. Um, my favorite was Krieg though, mostly because I love Brian Cox. Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, he did do a really good job in that scene. I mean, honestly, like there's not there's not a single. Although he had that fucking ankle slash, man. There's not uh, a single yeah. part of this in terms of like. Anthology. You know how like you see anthology movies, and there's always that one part, that one segment where you're just kind of like, "All right, I'll bear, I'll bear through this segment mm-hmm. to get to the next good one." Like, there's always one that's a little more lackluster than the rest. This one, to me, doesn't really have one that's lackluster. I don't, I don't find any part of this movie necessarily that boring. I but, felt the, I felt like the one with the girls, the women. You didn't like the vampire line? No, the, I also, the werewolf I also line? really dislike Anna Paquin. So I think that might have something to do with I've it. Always, I, I just thought I've, it was kind I've, of like, I think it was the most cliche. I've always had mixed emotions about Anna Paquin, but I liked her in this. I liked her in that movie with when she helped the birds go home. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie? No. <laughs> like it's like, I don't know what you're... Is it called, <laughs> I helped the birds go home? Oh, come on! She makes them fly far, far, far away from here. No, I forget. She was like way young and there was like, I think it was like geese or ducks or something. I don't remember. Oh my god, that's Anna Paquin in that movie? Yeah. Holy fucking shit, you're <laughs> you know, kidding me. No, you the know, one where she like builds the... The, the bird. What the fuck? <laughs> what movie is this? Fly Away or Fly some Away, shit? yeah. She, is it... I don't have the internet right now to check! What is this? Is it Geese? I've never yeah, even heard of Yeah, 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 yeah. That movie came out when we were like kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what... That's Anna Paquin? Absolutely. Fuck you! No, it's not! Yes, it absolutely fucking oh, is. Oh shit, alright, alright. I didn't know that. Yeah. I had no idea about this. This is blowing my mind a little bit. <laughs> Alex, Alex coming to the plate every single fucking episode with something that just like catches me completely off guard. Because I did like that movie. God, oh, what the hell? Yeah, was it Fly it Away? It was called Fly Away. Use or Fly Home or something like that. Fly Away Home. That's what it's called. Fly Away Home. Holy fuck. Never even heard yep. of this movie. Oh, no. That's Ashley Richards. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. The knowledge bomb just went... Yeah. <laughs> I just... It, like, was about to hit the ground, and then it was just like... Boom. I just goose-turded all over Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Damn, that, dude. Then I, I don't know. know like, like, but she is in that movie. Then I... Okay. She is in that movie. Okay. It's got... She plays Amy Alden. Okay. All right. Well, then it still counts. But she's not the but one. She not she's the not the bird. one. She's not the one who builds the bird. She is not... She's not the bird builder. She's not the bird builder. She is not the bird builder. All right. So she's in one movie that I like. I just don't like her at all. I, yeah. I, I have, I've heard that from quite a few people. I don't have any problem with her. I don't think she's the strongest actress on the face of the earth, but I never have that much of an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mine was Krieg's. Yours was... The school bus yeah. massacre. Palmer? His was school bus school massacre. School bus massacre. And I would mirror that sentiment. Do you guys have a favorite kill? Um, I'm going to go Leslie Bibb in the beginning when she got that fucking thing stuck in her mouth. No, the lollipop. <laughs> yeah. Just go watch some porn with your husband. I know, Just go right? watch some porn and do and some I just stuff. love her so much. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think... Uh... 
Yeah, if I had to go with favorite kill, I'd probably pick that Look same one. Look at you guys being on the same team and shit. Yeah, I'd probably pick that same hey, one. Hey, Palmer, fuck you. There we go. Now things are back to normal. Mine was Charlie's never-ending death. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That whole the sequence comedy, where he's just stomping on that body bag while talking to Krieg about a septic tank and things smell like dead prostitutes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Smells like, dead like that. Bunkers. That whole sequence was hysterical. Yeah, I also liked it. The part that I did like about the women in the in the forest with the party, the werewolves, is when they just pulled out his teeth and were like, "Aw, you, you little thing." Look at this. Look at this guy trying teeth. to be hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're pathetic. Uh, we have any final points on this one? I just think that this is like an all around fun yeah. Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Put it's- it in the rotation. It's good for everybody. It's definitely one that I think anybody can watch. Horror fans or non-horror fans alike, uh, it's got that. It's got that air of ambiance. Like I said, the yes, Halloween spirit. It right feels at the beginning of the movie. Halloweeny. It's spoopy. Yeah. It is spoopy. But like it embodies like the classic sense of fall on top of everything else. Yeah. And I just yeah. It's just it's a very charming film. Mm-hmm. It is I think charming. I think it's a really good way of putting it. It's just yeah. a charming movie. Yep. Uh, what are we giving this out of? Uh, what are oh God? What are we rating this out of? Head of lanterns. Head of lanterns. <laughs> yeah. How many head of lanterns are you giving it, Alex? I'm going to go three. All right. What you got, Palmer? I'll give it a. I'm actually giving this one a four. I really like this movie. I was going to give it a four to you. Well, look at that. It was, it was really enjoyable. I think this is going to give I also hadn't point. seen this one before. Oh, really? Yeah, this was a first time viewing for me. Oh, yeah. We did it, guys. We did it, Reddit? Three point six 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 six. Finally. <laughs> as soon as we hit that eleven, I was like, I'm pretty sure that ends up with a six 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 at the end of it. We have done it. Our T-shirts are back in style, boys. <laughs> <laughs> now available. <laughs> ten dollars. Ten. Ten dollar. Ten dollar. Uh, yeah. So that wraps it up for this movie. Um, as always, it's time for the housekeeping. Housekeeping. Um. On my notes, I have, oh, snap, it's time to keep some houses. <laughs> what? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Palmer's script is getting more confusing. It is. Everything in my he life makes is it difficult getting more confusing. Uh, to stay up to date with all the latest terror and Podnito information, you can follow the cast on its official accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Terror and Podnito. You can also reach us by email at cast at terrorandpodnito.com. You can follow us individually, too. I'm Palmer at Sternsworth. I'm Sam at Sam Hebes. And I'm Alex at A Looters. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, How did I manage to pull that off? You completely <laughs> caught me off guard. <laughs> uh, we're pretty much on all podcast platforms, so don't forget to rate and review us on wherever the fuck you want to listen to us. Uh, and if you dig the cast, please give us a subscribe. It helps us more than you know. Um, next week, what are we covering? We're going to do... Thousand corpses. Yeah, we're doing an episode a little bit early next week. Uh, well, we might still... It'll still come out on the yeah, same Yeah, we'll day. still record it on the same... Or, It'll drop on the It'll same drop time. On the yeah, same it'll day. drop at the same time. Uh, but we're going to do a th- House of a Thousand Corpses so we can go see Halloween on Thursday night and be prepared to give you a cast on the new Halloween movie. And we're, we're getting week. bougie with it. 
Yeah, we are. We are getting bougie with it. We are. I have convinced these folios to attend Cine Bistro. Cine Bistro. Cine Bistro. The ticket was $20. Cine. That's, you're paying for the extra Cine. <laughs> In Cine Cine Bistro. Uh, so we're going to be living our best lives. <laughs> Swimming in laps of luxury. It'll be wonderful. Right. I'm telling you. I'm getting the Because you haven't been there yet, have you? Oh, my God. At least I've managed to drive a Sam over there before. Sam knows what's coming. Oh, you, yeah. on the other hand, you are just going to you're gonna sit your little butt in those seats and just go, oh, I'm a tush. I'm West Tower for life. I'm a tush. never change me. It's never been so painful. <laughs> you know about my tush life. You're right, I know. But this will change. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week with more terrifying antics. Keep it. See y'all next week. Take care. Holy shit, we made it through the full episode. I'm losing power. Thank you.